Welcome back to the Love You 9 to 5 show, episode number 21. So I was one of those people that had like nine or 12 majors at different points in time. I started sinking my teeth into HR classes and business classes and marketing classes. And that's where I found that I could really dive into and and enjoy some elements of that the most. And I ended up actually... Um, jumping into the workforce not too long after that. Uh, and I took a job that was a good job. It paid well. It was, it's what my friends and family, you know, told me that, uh, since I actually had an offer even before I graduated, they're like, Oh my goodness, you're so lucky. And I took that job, wasn't enamored with it even beforehand, went and moved down to Portland, Oregon and got there and I hated it. Just absolutely despised it. Caution, you will begin to love your nine to five with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your Nine to Five show. My guest today I'm very excited to share with you is Scott Anthony Barlow, host of the Happen to Your Career podcast. This is a podcast that helps you discover your unique strengths and talents and really you learn to apply them into whatever business environment is best for you. And I personally have been gaining tremendously from the podcast and working with Scott one-on-one. I am proud to share that fact with the listeners. Scott, thank you so much for taking some time from your busy schedule and coming on the show today. Uh, more than my pleasure. This I have actually been looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. And quite frankly, I was excited to get the opportunity to work with you too. So it, it turns out it's very much mutual. Yes, it definitely and, is. Well, thank you for saying that. I, you know, I really do appreciate it. Um, just be, I know you from a lot of the work. I've consumed tons of your content and we've spoken together before. Um, for my listeners who don't know you, can you just give us a brief uh, background of who you are personally and really how you evolved into the tremendous work that you're doing today? Oh my goodness. It is a uh, seven and a half hour story, but I'd like to give you the three minute version, I suppose. The, I, I very much going through college, university was the type of person who really uh, would try a number of different things and find that I would get very good at them fairly quickly, which was great, mm-hmm. but then nothing really ever held my interest. And I really struggled, struggled trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. So I was one of those people that had like nine or 12 majors at different points in time. And that was the, really the start of the, the evolution. And eventually I finally said, okay, look, I've got to, I've got to graduate and everything else. And I started sinking my teeth into HR classes and business classes and marketing classes. And that's where I found that I could really dive into and, and enjoy some elements of that the most. So that was enough to be able to get me a degree. And I ended up actually, um, jumping into the workforce not too long after that, uh, and I took a job that was a good job. It paid well. It was, it's what my friends and family, you know, told me that, uh, since I actually had an offer even before I graduated, they're like, Oh my goodness, you're so lucky. And I took that job, 
wasn't enamored with it even beforehand, went and moved down to Portland, Oregon and got there and I hated it. Just absolutely despised it. And it wasn't that it was bad people. Actually, it's awesome people. Some I'm still friends with to this day and, and see fairly regularly. Um, but it just was a terrible fit. It didn't align with what I wanted and it just, it felt terrible. So I finally got up the nerve to go and talk to my boss about this. It took me a full year to get up the nerve and wow. then, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of slow that way sometimes, <laughs> but finally got the courage, went to my boss and said, Hey, I think that maybe I made a mistake in taking this job. <laughs> and well, if I were doing it again, I'd probably term it a little bit differently, uh, with what I know now, but turns out he also thought he made a mistake too because three weeks later he fired me uh, l let me cut in over there before we even Please. bring that full circle i mean there's just so many things that i'm hearing uh all these different episodes uh from the happens your podcast flashing through my brain as you're coming on to different points and i could see how um a lot of at least the parts of the, your present career that i see um, are direct um, results of some of the challenges that you must have faced. I know you spoke about your fragmented interests, and I, I can't quote the exact episodes, but I know for sure that you've discussed that with some of your guests who have been kind of interested in everything, and they've been like these lifetime learners, which apparently is something that you know resonates with you as well. And to you, Absolutely. early on, it seemed like you perceived that as a disability, where now kind of you're you're able to deal with that differently. And I see the the trend of using your family and friends living, you know, someone else's life. And then he came to that point where we're done with that. Now we're moving on. Tell us what happened from there. From there, well, I was pretty beat up for a few days. Understandably. <laughs> and then I realized that, look, I've got to do something about this. And um, my brand new wife and I at the time, Alyssa, who you know, had, we'd been together for five years through college, but then now we're married. So I've got brand new bride. We're now in a new town. She has her job, but we also stupidly took on a ton of debt at the same time. So we've got all of this debt, not really a lot of savings and like 10 weeks worth of time for me to find a job. Otherwise we need to like sell our house or we're not going to be able to pay our mortgage or, uh, all kinds of stupid stuff that we put ourselves into for that situation. Anyhow, that really ridiculous situation turned into motivation to where, hey, I've got to figure out how to do this differently. Fortunately, I'd picked up a ton of skill sets from that particular job. It was, it was very challenging, and although it wasn't a great fit at all, uh, I learned to be able to market some uh, businesses and learn to be able to actually apply that to marketing myself. So I took all of these different things that I learned in terms of marketing and sales and whatever else, and then started applying them into making a career change. Because even though I only had 10 weeks worth of savings, uh, I really was unwilling to accept another job that wasn't a great fit just because it was a paycheck. I, I didn't want to do work that I didn't enjoy any longer. One year was enough. <laughs> Okay, so you basically came to that point where you said that as crazy as it might be, you know, I'm not interviewing just to get onto the pay scale. And I know I've mentioned this before on the show, but I've had the responsibility, I can't call it the pleasure, of conducting numerous interviews for my staff. And you could tell almost immediately when someone's like, just put me on the payroll, I don't care what my job description is, versus the person who's like, you know, what are your pain points? How can I solve them for you? So apparently you, you are not interested in just getting on a payroll. You wanted to you wanted to actually finally use you and you know make a career out of that. So you know, take us to the next step. What happened from there? 
Well, honestly, at first, I really didn't understand what that meant. And that became the first set of events for a 12-year journey after that to leading up to what we do now. But I ended up interviewing, you know, applying all these marketing skills and everything like that so that I didn't have to, I didn't have to tolerate whatever job they offered to me. Ended up getting a few different offers and a whole bunch of different interviews through that process. Ended up, even without any experience, and without having, you know, having a, I don't know, job title moving into HR and for a pretty big corporation for very reputable corporate corporation too. And that actually turned out to be my, my dream job at the time. It was, it was a great fit. And, you know, fast forward, ended up having children and made some other life changes. What uh, was a dream job eventually turned into, into something that wasn't as great over time and made a whole bunch of career changes, promotions, pay raises, uh, help people start businesses along the way. And eventually, much, much later on, I realized that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be on the path that I was on, which was at the time I was gunning towards being an HRVP for a really large organization. And, you know, I was at that point getting paid incredibly well and, uh, I was having fun, but it didn't feel right. And my wife and I were considering this, considering making a move to Omaha, Nebraska. And as much as, uh, as much as I thought Omaha is not a terrible place, honestly, we really wanted to be right where we're at in Moses Lake, Washington, which sounds like the middle of nowhere to most people, but it really lines up with many of the things that we're really interested in having in our, in our lives. And we're like, why on earth? I, we, I remember the conversation, actually. We were looking at each other across from the island and we kind of both just put our hands on the top of the island at the same time, kind of made a loud thump almost and had that realization. It's like, why are we going to move to Omaha, Nebraska to take this role that although it might be good for the resume and everything, we really want to be here and we really want to be around family and we really want all of these other things in our lives. Why would we do that just to come back a couple of years later well, for that on the resume? It sounds like that, you know, this is a, to me, it sounds like that could have been, you know, your pivotal moment in your career where you actually gave yourself permission to allow yourself to express your personal feelings about it. You know, sometimes we go into these jobs and we feel like we're slaves to some of these jobs and some of them really are that way. Um, and, you know, personal life, everything has got to be in the back burner because, you know, you got to move advancement is, you know, you got to move on in your career. And it seems like it's like, got to move up. Yeah, that's it. it. You yeah. don't, you one day want to be VP of this or that or the other thing. And it's, it's, you know, it's rare that people actually say, hold on one second. No, that's not me. And I don't want that. So you actually had the ability to say that. So you turned down that offer, apparently. Turned down that offer and several other offers, too, that uh, ended up coming at the same time for different segments of the, the company. And I think all of them I could have been happy with, but not all of them would have been fulfilling or meaningful to me in the way that I was really interested in at the time. So... I had had small businesses before earlier in life and actually at one point had a, had a job where I was helping small businesses grow and, you know, start up. And so at that point in time, I, I was missing some of that, missing, missing that small business element. And so Alyssa and I started talking. It's like, well, what, what would we do if we were to open a business? How would that look? 
you know, is that even right for us? And started asking those types of questions. And as I was progressing through that, realized that, well, why not do some of the things that I'm already doing anyways, which at that point in time, I'd been interacting with coworkers and friends and they were offering to take me to coffee to tell them how I got a promotion and how they could do it and, and or how they could make a change very, very quickly in their career or uh, all these different things. Turns out I like coffee, so I was a sucker for like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, <laughs> Who I'll pays for the coffee? You, you pay, I'm in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That was my mentality when it started several years before that time period. What's my but, hourly rage? <laughs> my hourly <laughs> wage? Oh, it depends. Starbucks? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that is really cool. So uh, hold on. Let me let me just unpack that a little bit. So Please. you mentioned uh, nonchalantly how you got a position in HR for a major company without any real experience in HR. Now, apparently that job is, or at least those skills and talents are a good fit for you. And you're still doing lots of the same things you were doing there, although in a different environment. Um sure. How did you know that was the thing that was right for you? And why in the world did they hire you with no experience? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so many things, so little time. You know, I think the the most valuable couple of pieces out of that, number one, I didn't know it was a good fit for me. I was not 100% sure. Honestly, I had three different things on my list at the time that I thought might be a good fit for me. And, okay. you know, much, much later on, I've learned that it's not always about it's not necessarily always about specifically the the role or the type of work that you're in. For some people, it matters more the environment that they're doing the work in and other things like that. Didn't know that at the time, but I was considering three different types of three different occupations and HR was just one of them. So I started interacting with other HR professionals and and also companies that were hiring for HR trying to determine, hey, was this something that really actually was right for me? Okay, the, what, are the, what are the specific ways that you did that? You did informational interviews or things like that, or was it more casual? You know, it, it was, <laughs> keep in mind, I had 10 weeks, so it was anything I could grab a hold of, and okay. it was not necessarily very intentional. It was partially reactive at the time. So that's, that's what you got to remember at that, that particular time. Now, since then, we've turned it into, hey, a whole process and everything, but here's some of the elements that I was doing. So I was... Um, not necessarily so much doing informational interviews. And I find that for some people, when they hear in the word informational interview, they hear, well, that's going to take up a ton of my time and they're not super interested in that. Other people are very, very willing to engage in inter informational interviews. So at the time, really what I was doing is I was going and befriending people and then buying them coffee, actually, or you know, taking them to lunch or um, getting introductions from some of the people that already were in my network, not necessarily great friends, but just acquaintances that I'd met before that I realized had a, had a connection to somebody, uh, somebody in an organization that I was interested in that happened to be in HR. And I would uh, email them um, even a, hey, here's a here's an email that you can send to them on my behalf just to make it easier on you. And then they would introduce me and then I would be able to engage with a variety of different people in a variety of different ways so I could ask them questions, not necessarily in an interview format, but a building relationships type format. Okay. So basically, you know, informational interviews sound scary and official 
and people are, are gonna you know wonder you know what what's in it for me and what is he trying to get out of me and that could scare people away as opposed to making it more casual that's pr- probably more effective i mean if someone came over to me for an informational interview to me it would be equal to like can i sell you something and you know the Sometimes, answer is yeah. yeah you know uh, if i don't if you i don't know your number on my phone i'm not picking up because either you want <laughs> money or you want to sell me something <laughs> exactly Exactly. Uh, and if it's really important, you'll figure out a way to get to me. You know, if I won the lottery and you're calling my cell phone for some reason, you'll probably figure out how to mail me the check. Um, exactly. So, so that now, so you went about, you were able to get yourself the interviews and you were able to get connected. Um, again, I'm not just, I I've really want the listeners to be able to take in what you're saying because you, although, you know, you're saying that you kind of, you reverse engineered the process. A lot of it probably sounds like probably based on your personal experience, but there's so much that people can learn from the way you did this. So you had the networking piece in there and you got yourself, you're working on this option, which again, I also love what you said that you don't have it clear that this is my thing. You're just going out there. This makes sense. Basically, you know, I'm just going to do it, but you got yourself the job. Now, when they asked you, why do you think you'll be good at HR and what is your experience? Did you say next question, please? Or did you have something? How did you deal with that? I just walked out of the room and, you know, they... Can, can I buy you coffee? Wanted, no. <laughs> yeah. It works for everything. <laughs> no, you know, I ended up interviewing in a variety of HR roles. And the one that I end up taking, um, there's so there's a couple of different elements. First of all, I was able to get into some of those organizations because I was able to take some of my transferable skills in other areas. Like for example, I had done lots and lots of coaching in previous, previous roles. And, you know, even prior to that, I I actually was running a small business while I was in college. So I was, I was leading teams and coaching teams and uh, some other things that HR people have to do. Not necessarily HR specific skills, if you will, but that's just one example of something that I was doing that was very, very transferable. Turns out it's not just for HR. That transfers to a whole bunch of different things, right? And what we've learned over time, you know, now that it's many years later, is everybody has these types of transferable skill sets, strengths, and so on and so forth. So in my case, that's how I was, that's how I was tailoring my resume. That's what I was, um, that's some of the stories I was telling as I was interacting with people in, in meetings. That's what I was inquiring about, trying to understand from other HR professionals, what it actually took in order to do their job. And that's one of the things that I learned is like, Oh, this is actually, that's, that is in fact the way that I learned how it was transferable. I was in a conversation. It's like, Hey, wait, it sounds like what you do a lot of the day is actually coaching others. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. I could do it, right? <laughs> like, I can do that. Like, I've done that before. Um, so, I mean, I would just want to point out over there because that is something that many, you know, I can say personally, but I'm sure some of the listeners can relate to this as well. We put on blinders and we see things in very, very black and white as I have never had a career in HR, so I'm not an HR person. I've never done management. Hey, one second. Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you, yeah. or, or even if you're not, are you part of your community? Have you managed some sort of, you know, community program? Um, you may have those skills. And we all have skills that we apply either personal or in our professional lives that are transferable. And even from the other perspective of a hiring manager, 
I don't, you know, if I was hiring for someone for HR, I don't care about your titles. I don't care about your experience. I want to know the bottom line. What are your skills? What are you good at? What do you like to do? If you can do it, I would take that over someone who has a thousand degrees in HR, but doesn't know what they're talking about. So if, again, but it has to be real. If it, And if it is real, that's going to get through to the hiring manager. They're going to see that, um, you know, that you have what it takes to do, to do what you need to do. And apparently that was the case um, by you. Now, you stay there for a while, and now uh, I want to fast forward a little bit. Um, you, you, right now, you have your own company. Um, what was the point in time where you saw that everything kind of clicked? That I kind of figured out I have these skills that, and you know, I'm starting this company, and this is my thing. Or was there a point in time? Maybe it was just a progression of a lot of you know different events. Well, the first the catalyst to even start thinking that direction was that conversation about Omaha, the yeah, slapping the hands on the table and looking at Alyssa. And then from there, it really, the weird part is making that initial decision, realize now that I've really gotten into psychology over the last uh, 10 years or so that making an initial decision and commitment is actually really, really powerful. So for me at the time, it made that initial decision, look, I'm not going to I'm not going to take the VP track. It's not right for me. We don't want to move away. And I'm not 100% sure what I want to do, but I do want to start a business. And making that initial level of commitment allows you to get to the next step. Otherwise, if you're like, well, maybe I'll do that, maybe I'll not, maybe I'll, that can cause you to, that can cause you to not be able to move forward, uh, especially if you don't have some of the other elements figured out yet. So made that initial decision and then started looking at, hey, well, what could I do? And, you know, at the time I was not necessarily well versed on, on how to decide, um, ended up creating some of my own ways to decide if you will. But one of the things that I did that might be helpful to other people is I literally sat down and took a, took a yellow lined legal pad, which I ended up filling, just went through and made tons and tons of different notes and lists about, you know, what, what are some of the things that I offer? What are some of the things that I enjoy? What are the areas where I have spent my time in the past that kind of suck, quite frankly, and I don't ever want to do again? And I started considering all of these different things. And over a period of about four or five weeks, I also had two people that I had scheduled coffee meetings with. And one of them, uh, one of them got another job and <laughs> sent me a thank you note and a gift card and said, hey, can I can I pay for you for this on top of it? And then the other had a very, very similar situation, too. So that was an epiphany. It was making the time and space and having that initial level of commitment of, hey, I'm doing this, even though I don't know what it's going to look like yet. And then going through and trying to be open to, hey, what can come next and trying to do the work, put me in the time and space to be able to see that in a completely different light. Because I'd already had that happen numerous times over the past couple of years. But this time it was a bit different because those psychological things were in place. And now I was actively looking for it. And then it, that's where it clicked. It's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm already doing this. And people are now offering to pay. Why should I not be doing this as a business? And and wouldn't you love to do it as a business if you can exactly. and if it was sustainable? Yeah. Yeah. What if they could pay me with coffee and money at the same time? <laughs> like, how cool would that be? Yeah. Imagine you can buy your own coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so that is really powerful is is that decision. I, I think a lot of what we're discussing today is, you know, being intentional 
about uh, about our careers. It's I mean, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I'll throw it out there. In my opinion, um, a lot of I I've spoken. I haven't gone the the regular college route myself, but I've definitely worked with a lot of people who have. And a lot of times they say that when when I was that age, I had no idea where I wanted to go. And, you know, the guidance that I received was mediocre or maybe I didn't use the tools that were available because I didn't realize how important it is. And then they're on a track, some of them very extended tracks, you know, some some extreme cases where people become doctors. And, you know, by the time they're paying back their student loans and they're open their own practice and they're in their mid 40s, they're like, oh, I hate being a doctor. And sometimes they're too far in. So I think a lot of this is being extremely intentional about how you want to earn your, you know, earn your keep. And also being open to the fact that just because you've done it and invested whatever you've invested, it doesn't mean you have to stay that way because you're in a tough position. You were you got yourself a great HR job without experience. You were on the track to be the fast track to success and you could have been the VP. Um, and, you know, you may have to move, you may have to sacrifice your family. And that's that's where the the challenge happened. The friction was there. Uh, but you made that decision, A, to be intentional and also, the decision is that, no, this is not what I'm doing. I want to be a coach. And I have social proof to prove, to prove it because people are paying me for my services. They want to pay me for my services. And my only currency is coffee. But if I would accept cash, then perhaps people would start you know, paying me that way. So I think that's something that for all of us, it's important to realize that we, we have a responsibility to ourselves and our families and whoever relies on us uh, to be intentional about our careers. And yes, we're allowed to be intentional. And once we make that decision, you know, it just filters out so much noise that's out there. And when things are happening in our lives and our careers, and we're paying attention, we can, it's so powerful how you can start honing in into what you have, because we all have something inside of us that we can do that no one else can do as long as I'm going on too long here. I'm interviewing you, but as long as we allow ourselves to get in touch with that. So I, I think that is really, really powerful from what you just shared. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the synopsis too. Completely <laughs> agreed and co-signed. And you know, I think that to provide one other potentially useful experience coming off off of all of that discussion is that that decision and that commitment to not just for me, but we've seen it now for very literally thousands of, of students and clients that we have worked with over the last number of years. It, once you make wow. that, that decision, it feels, it feels, um, not just empowering, you know, that sounds a little bit buzzwordy to some degree, but also it feels relieving. Like that's, that's one of the way, that's one of the things that I consistently hear. It's also one of the ways that I can tell people are on the right track when they finally made that decision. And it feels they feel some measure of relief, even though they don't know what's going to happen, even though they might still be nervous about it, even though that they haven't figured it all out, they can feel that they're moving the right direction and they have that sense of relief overall. And then now, you know, it's like a weight off their shoulders. They can start focusing on, on that, even if it's, even if they're going to, you know, slightly tweak it later on. I mean, this, this business that it turned out to be, we originally thought we were going to help people get promoted and we thought that we were going to focus on getting people raises. And, and that was like the very, very, very first idea and realize that's not, that's not where I want to spend the majority of my time. And then two, that is not necessarily the market that we want to be in for a variety of different reasons too. So it's going to evolve 
And even if you don't know that, because nobody knows the future, then it's still it still is a much better situation to be in. Okay. Well, l- l- let me move on to another point here. Um, now that we've heard about some of your successes, um, is there any particular failure that that you think <laughs> I know that you know a little bit uncomfortable, but that you've you know really the bigger the failure, the bigger the lesson, but something that really went the wrong way, you know, something that you thought would be great, but ended up really not working out the way you did. And, and what do you take away from that, that you think our listeners can learn from as well? You know, um, failure is a daily thing, sometimes an hourly thing for, uh, for me. And it has been for a very, very, very long time. And so consequently, um, I don't think anybody, I haven't met anybody that really just like, Hey, I love failure. They love (laughs) the stuff that comes from failure. And what happens over time is you build a, you build a tolerance to different types of failure and different levels of failure. And, um, you can almost practice failing. If you want to think about it that way, strengthen your failure muscle, if you want to want to call it something like that. Um, however, I think one of the, one of the really one of the really big early failures I've already talked a little bit about. Um, and I'll just mention only to, to mention another failure too. But you know, when I, when I got fired initially, I actually for a very, very long time after that, I really did look at it as a huge failure. I was embarrassed by it. I honestly didn't want to talk about it. And I was worried about what people would think so much so that I didn't even call it being fired. Like I was straight up fired. Like <laughs> they gave me a little bit of severance and everything like that. It was, it was mutual. Long fit. <laughs> yeah. It was very much mutual, good yeah. people and everything like that. It was just, they, they should have done that. That said though, I was calling it being laid off and I was calling it all kinds of other things because I was really, truly embarrassed by it. So that really felt like a huge failure at the time. But what I've realized over time is that with every single failure, you can, you can learn a ton from it. And ultimately, if that never would have happened, then all the things, all the fun things that I get to do right now, and even, you know, even the less fun things that I get to do right now are, um, are a product of that and have come from that. So, you know, another, another big failure earlier on when I, when I started my business was, um, I was very, I also was very much not comfortable with, with the identity of who I would be. I felt a little bit of imposter syndrome and other things along those lines. So I spent a lot of time when I first started my business on things like, let me get the business cards and let me, (laughs) let me make our website just phenomenal and spend hours and hours and hours of all of those things. And, you know, I, I did that for, I did that for probably a good three months after I started and uh, eventually had the good fortune to be able to talk to somebody who I, I respect a whole bunch. And he told me like, why are, why are you doing all this stuff? Like, can you just get about the business of helping other people already? And then not only will you bring in some money, but then on the same time, you're going to feel a whole lot better about it too. And none of this other stuff actually matters except for to make you feel good. Um, and that was, that was huge. That was actually a huge failure It was a good three months worth of continuous failure because honestly it didn't feel good. And I was just fooling around with the website to try and make myself well, why feel do you think, like I was really doing Yeah. I'm sorry for cutting in, but why do you think you did that? Why do you think you were hesitant to just jump right into it? You're finally doing the thing that you really think is a good fit. 
because even though I had done it in other capacities at the time, I didn't necessarily fully see myself that way. And I wasn't comfortable with myself in that way. Okay. Outwardly, like at all stages of my, not all stages of my life, but you know, ever since I got out of college and everything, like people, I get the feedback that people feel like I come off as a very confident person. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, I was not very confident. I knew that I was going to do it. Yeah. I was very scared is, is putting it mildly. And uh, more so scared as to what people would think or what they would say or how they would perceive me. Would they take me seriously? All of those things that roll through people's minds. Now, the unfortunate part is I can say that now. And I, I have had the good fortune to work with other people that are cognizant of that happening. And they're like, I'm scared to be able to do this. I wasn't even recognizing that I was scared. So I, I, know, I then, started. I have a website. Yeah. I have business cards. You know, I have a place to work and I have my laptop with a microphone. What do you want from me? What do you we're, want? We're like, deep in here. <laughs> Scott, we yeah, can go. We can really go on for a very long time, but I know that your time is short, so uh, we're gonna have to cut a little bit short. If you had one particular book that you would recommend to somebody who is at this stage where they're already very conscious of their skills and some of their strengths, and they're really looking to see how to apply that into their professional lives, is there any particular one book that you think would be a good fit for them? I love that question. And I have a couple of books that I recommend very often, but I'm actually looking at my bookshelf right now. And I'm going to recommend two books anyways. We'll allow it. Uh, okay. I <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> One is is by a, by a friend. Um, his name is Andy Malinsky, and it's called Reach. And it is it is one that helps you understand how to move through discomfort in particular, why discomfort happens and then how to be able to build it into your life. And I just absolutely love looking at it from that way. So that's one. But then the second one I would probably recommend if you're kind of in that stage is um, a book by John Acuff called start. That's another one that's uh, that's over on my bookshelf here too. I've met John a couple of times. Don't know him really well, but he's a, he's a fantastic writer and um, I think this is a great book for that particular time and place. Okay. So those are two that I'd recommend. Okay. Those, I'm not familiar with either one of those, but we'll definitely get put a link to those in the show notes. Now, just before we let you go, uh, for those who want to hear, learn more about you, learn more about the Happens Your podcast, to learn more about the services and tools that you, um, that you offer to those who you provide value for, what is the best place for them to do all, all of that? Well, I'd say if you're in that time and space where you are actively trying to figure out what it is that the next stage of your life looks like and you want to be much more intentional about it, then the easiest way is head on over to happentoyourcrew.com. That's where we have the podcast. We actually have several podcasts, in fact, um, specifically devoted to those, those particular topics. And we also have another great resource to get people started in thinking about this. You can go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. And then that'll get you to an eight-day course that helps you get started in thinking about each of these um, each of these elements, like your strengths and what you want or don't want in your in your career. Essentially, the, the same type of process, only much more refined as I was having way back when, and gives you a starter and a guide 
to help prompt you in moving down this path in a much more intentional way. So head on over to figureitout.co and that's another way to get connected with all our stuff. Okay. Thank you so much for both of those. Of course, we'll put links to all of that in the show notes as well. It's really, really been a pleasure uh, doing this. It's a lot of fun for me. I hope it was fun for you too. Absolutely. Uh, and, And I look forward to working with you again in the future. Sounds awesome. Thank you.